Hey, all you Theosciples, I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan from Finding Christ in Cinema. You are listening to the Theonauts Podcast with your hosts, David and Jeremiah. Right here at gctnetwork.com, your Great Commission transmission. The Theonauts, episode 76. The one where I'm thankful for everything except for great Aunt Aunt Edna's stuffing. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a man of Syria. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theothankers. I'm David Gaddy. And I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the Theo The Theo Knots. Yes, we are. What's up, man? Back off of a busy weekend of yeah. not fasting. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> stuffing ourselves to the gills. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I had a big spread for Thanksgiving. Didn't yeah, you? well, you got iced in, man. Yeah, I did. It was yeah, nice. It was... I had an extra day of uh, of my parents, so that was wonderful. <laughs> I love my parents. It was great. Uh, so be careful. They yeah, listen to the show, they right? They do. So I'll be careful. <laughs> yeah, they're great people. Uh, but so, uh, yeah, I went to Kansas on, let's see, Wednesday and had Thanksgiving there and then <clears throat> slept almost all day Friday. It was great. <laughs> That was my Black Friday. It's like Friday. all day Friday. Yeah, and then watched the Sooner game on Saturday because I was iced in with my father. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Wasn't and it? I was very thankful for them <laughs> winning and being ranked number three uh, and going to be in the bowl uh, in the uh, playoffs. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll root for them for here, from here on. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Just because they represent the Big 12. Well, that and they're going to they're gonna win the national championship. I mean, yeah, it's amazing how, how late in the season, how many Sooner uh, hats I see. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. But anyways, that's just saying. Yeah. Just saying. So uh, how was your thing? Still don't have one of those, by the way. Oh, it was good. Oh, you need one. Yeah. I got, I got a, a two or three burnt orange hats, but, you know. So if I bought you one, would you wear it? <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be thankful, would you? No, I would not. Oh. We, had a, we had a good holiday. I mean, it was, uh, hmm. it was good. It was pretty chill, kind of like you. I mean, we just we yeah. hung around the house, and, you know, my, my brother came in, him and his family. And, yeah. And so uh, we always have this deal because m- my parents live pretty close to me. Right, Melanie's parents live close to us. Right, so we just kind of all get together. Yeah, and we just you know have make it make it a bull, a big thing. That way, we don't have to you know go from one house to another sure. and all that sort of thing. Sure. So. <clears throat> but yeah, it was it was good. Did you have it at your house? Uh, at my parents' house. At your parents' house. Yeah, yeah. I see. So, but yeah, it was. Uh, of course, normally. Now my sister in law and and them they they love the Black Friday thing and they yeah. just they they plan for it and they got all their coupons out and they're like you know all this sort of thing and uh, it was very interesting this year that it, it wasn't all that big of a deal this time really yeah I was surprised That's so good. Uh, yeah of course it's never a big deal for me I never go to those <laughs> things it's like uh, I saw a really good um, man I should have grabbed that audio. <laughs> 
<laughs> for the promo, <laughs> saw this really good video. Uh, it was like if the Black Friday advertisers told you the truth, you know? <laughs> It was wow. like honest trailer type of thing. It was like yeah. an honest trailer for Black Friday. Huh. And it was uh and the guys were basically saying, you know, uh we want you to not spend time with your family when you can go save minimal amounts of money on products you don't really want. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Wow. And it was it was really uh <clears throat> it was really funny. I did see um, one thing that I thought was funny. Have you ever, you ever heard of the game Cards Against Humanity? Yes. $5 for nothing, right? Right. <laughs> Give okay. us $5 for First nothing. off, we're going to be dis- some disclaimers here. Yeah. That's n- not a safe for work game. No. That's it's not, not a safe for anything game. Right. That's not that's not something that, uh, that, I, that we would encourage you to go out and buy. However, they did something really smart. Yeah. <laughs> they did this promotion on Black Friday, and it was like... For five dollars, we'll give you nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and they made seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> People just giving them five dollars online. Now this is going to be interesting as it pertains <clears throat> to what we're talking about today. I think a little bit. How's That's that? Pretty amazing to me that that people would go on there and for amusement spend five dollars. Right. For nothing. Right, just to say, hey, I spent five. Hey, I contributed to their their yeah spoof <laughs> campaign to their Black Friday nonsense. But <laughs> wow, it's amazing to me. Yeah, I thought that was really crazy. And it's like, how do you get to the point to where you can do that? Yeah, I mean, where you can say, hey, send me a dollar and I'll send you nothing. Yeah, and get a response. I mean, because I. Th- I mean, I know, I know without a, without even trying it. If I just went out and put something on the internet saying, hey, you give me a dollar and I'm not going to give you nothing, I won't get any takers. Right. <laughs> Unless people just see the, think, see the funniness in it. I mean, come I on, have so. you seen all the, have you seen all the uh, GoFundMe stuff? Like some of that stuff is just ludicrous. Oh, 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 like, uh, like, like salad, sal- uh, potato salad. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Guys like, you know, go fund my potato salad for this weekend. Right. <laughs> He'd make, you know, thousands of dollars. Seriously. <laughs> These people, you know, and some of them make like the craziest stuff. There's a Ninja Turtle uh, cult movie out that uh, is on GoFundMe, and that thing's like up to like 7000 bucks or something. Oh, yeah. Like, it's insane, the stuff <laughs> that people, you know, but then, it, But then again, think of all the Kickstarter GoFundMe things that's, don't Nothing. don't make anything right you know and so i mean it's just it's kind of hit and miss i think it's kind of like anything it's like youtube videos yeah you know the, you, you, people can just put youtube videos out there like crazy right and then all of a sudden one of them goes viral <laughs> and no one knows what it is about that one that all of a sudden everyone wants to see Do you that the video. old ones i mean some of those classic ones like the um, <clears throat> Afro Ninja, the the black guy that does the backflip and oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> so the the uh, Numa Numa guy yeah yeah Numa Numa, way back in the day it's so good yeah it was so it's weird and now stuff. it's like things go viral all the time so it's not even right big deal anymore sure. you know and well you know there's a a girl who does YouTube like right out of Denton Texas I mean oh, yeah? just you know she's virtually our neighbor huh. <laughs> anyway uh she's the um 
overly attached girlfriend. Yes, is that her? Yeah. Out of Denton. Texas? Yeah, yeah, wow. she's in Denton. She, yeah, and she does a, She does a channel, and she's on there all the time. Yeah, but it's not all that. You know, she had like these one or two videos right. that just went Blew crazy. Up. And, and then nobody watches her. Anymore. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's crazy. It's really strange. That's the, what what the makes web. that happen. That's right. So, anyways, so, so are we ready to talk some Thanksgiving? Yeah, let's talk the turkey. All right. It, it's a helicopter, and it's coming this way. A helicopter. It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner, and it says, uh, "Happy Thanksgiving." W-K-R-P. What a sight, ladies and gentlemen, what a sight. The copter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plumbing to, to the earth from only 2,000 feet into the air. <laughs> No parachutes yet. <laughs> Those can't be skydivers. I can't tell just yet what they are, but... Oh, my God, they're talking! Oh, oh they're crashing to the earth right in front of my eyes! Wind is under the windshield of a parked car! It's terrible, the car running around, pushing each other. Oh, my goodness! Oh, the humanity! Oh, the humanity! <laughs> I love that episode. Oh, it's like one of the most classic TV episodes ever. Oh, the humanity. WKRP in Cincinnati. So sad. <laughs> so Those funny. poor turkeys. Mr. Carlson didn't know that turkeys couldn't fly. <laughs> and he had the secret promotion that everyone was going to surprise everyone. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Dropped a bunch of turkeys, live turkeys out of the back of a helicopter. And oh, man. <laughs> Splat all over the place. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so good. That's so great. good. So, so yeah, let's talk about um, since we weren't on the air on Thanksgiving. Why, right. why don't we talk about what we're thankful for and talk about thank, being thankful and all that kind of good stuff. Sure. So, sure. Um, so do you know the origins of the Thanksgiving holiday? Something about some pilgrims and Squanto making some squash. Squanto. In, in his, uh, <laughs> yeah, putting fish in with plants so they grew from the ground and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I paid attention, Mr. Smith, <laughs> in, in high school. Anyways. Yeah. There, there was like Pocahontas in there somewhere, right? Yeah, it's like some uh, mix of, yeah. you know, you always get the pictures of the pilgrims and the, <laughs> and the Indians and all that. Yeah, I, I knew I, was, I wore a buckle on my hat for something one year. Yeah. Something like that. Like the Purit- Puritan pilgrims? I don't know. Yeah, well, that would, would be Puritans. <laughs> uh, but so anyway, whatever the origins are... <laughs> we kind of have this thing, you know, that I, I find it interesting that every year it seems. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, back up for a minute. Okay. When I was a kid, okay, seven, in the 1970s, so I'm dating myself a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so when I was a kid, Thanksgiving was a very specific holiday in and of itself. There was no Christmas intermingling right. type of thing going on there. There was no. There might have been some sales on Friday, but I don't really think so. I think right. it was just not a big thing to do what 
you know, it's not, it wasn't near as commercialized. When I was a kid, there was no Black Friday either. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember when that got started. But it really, 2000, like 2004, 2005. I really? Think. That, that soon? Yeah, I don't think it was that, hmm. that late. Because I, I graduated in 2000. Yeah. And yeah, Thanksgiving was its own thing. And I really am wondering if it just seemed like that because I was a kid then. And so. Well, that's what I'm kind of wondering is did I just miss out on some of this? Right. But, you know, I, I honestly don't think that. Uh, that it's that old of a thing, this whole commercialization of, of the holiday and and how, you know, it used to be like everyone got two days off. Right. You were off for Thursday and Friday. Right. And, uh, but, you know, now it's like very few people are actually off Friday. Right. Uh, most of the time you just get Thursday. You know, off. Thursday. Um, but, uh and I remember the parade was always a big thing. The, right. The Thanksgiving, Mason's, Macy's, Macy's Day parade. Thanksgiving Day mm-hmm. parade was a big thing. And now you don't even hardly see that anymore. Uh-uh. Of course, you know, back in the 70s, we only had two channels where I lived. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we had no, there's no such thing as cable TV yet. Yeah. And so what did you do? You watched the, the Macy's Day, the, the Thanksgiving Day parade. Right. Because. That's what was on. <laughs> exactly. And then you switched it over and watched the Cowboys play. Right, right. Yeah. So, Every you know, year. so things have drastically changed, you know, sure. over the years. And, and it seems like it's, a, to me, it's an echo of American society. Hmm. I mean, you're starting to see, I think, what's at the heart of, of you know, our society these yeah. days. And it's all driven by consumerism and yeah. and and by uh, greed and and that sort of thing. And it, it really is sad that even now, over the past couple of years, now we've got stores opening on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like uh, there was there were people you know in our house that still went out on Thursday night. Sure. Because that's when the deal started. Well, and I and I think <clears throat> that there was a big backlash over that last year. Mm-hmm. So I think it slowed down a little bit. In fact. I I envision a renaissance of Thanksgiving. You think so? In the next few years. Because there have been... And I, I think that this year, there was more um, just feelings of ill will towards Black Friday than than there were in the past couple of years. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's dwindling down. There is... Uh, just like I was talking about the video on, on YouTube, the Honest sure. Trailer things, people are making fun of it now, whereas it was the thing to do. Right. And and so, you know, I remember horror stories, <laughs> my wife and and uh, and sister-in-law going out on, on Black Friday looking for, the, you know, the Furby for my daughter whenever that thing came oh, out. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and, like, people, like, crawling on the ground and fighting and, and really? all this sort of stuff over it. And over a Furby? Yeah. Can you imagine? That thing was the most annoying thing in the uh, world. Yeah. <laughs> Demonic, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'd be in the, you know, and I, 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 I uh, regretted ever purchasing that thing. Wow. <laughs> because even my daughter got tired of it. Yeah. Because you couldn't really turn it off. Right. And so it was supposed to go to sleep. Yeah. And but in the middle of the night he'd go, ah! you know, and we're like, what? <laughs> what is that? We think someone's in the house. No, the Furby woke up. That's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So I I think that 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 uh, there's a trending 
against Black Friday. In fact, I would venture to say that in a couple of years that that stores are going to actually advertise that we aren't going to participate in you know yeah. that consumerism. That would probably be a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I think it would, but um, you know, it's really interesting. It's it's a dichotomy, and it's and it it really does show our culture. Where one day we take out of the year, and this has been our tradition, we're supposed to be thankful for everything we have, and the next day go out and punch somebody over a Furby, <laughs> right? So it's an amazing dichotomy. It is our it's, American it's very, culture. It's it's quite a paradox, or it's very ironic. Sure, because. In this whole irony of that, we were supposed to be thankful here, but let's go let's go heap upon ourselves as much as we can the next day. Right, and I think I think it just has. I think it's the evidence of um, how much we have in America, the the decadence of America. Right, right, right. Um, it, it it gives our true nature, our true colors out, um, and I think that comes to our first point, which is. How how can we be thankful as Americans mm-hmm. when in when we live in such a land of plenty right. that it's almost like we're immune to thankfulness? Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled up a poll. It's really interesting. A Pew Research poll. Um, pew 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 pew. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, this is the research. Uh, this is from Fact Tank. Um, for most Americans, Thanksgiving isn't the only time for thankfulness. It says, Thanksgiving is a time when Americans are supposed to reflect on what they are thankful for, but it's not the only time they do so. A large majority of Americans, 78%, feel a strong sense of gratitude or thankfulness on a weekly basis, according to the poll uh, by the Pew Research Center. And only 6% of Americans say they seldom or never experience these feelings. Now, let me ask you a question. Somebody walked up to you, and they go, can you you take this poll for me? Do you feel thankful? Are you going to be honest with them at all in in this poll? And I think that this is, but this is a skewed representation. 78% of Americans say that they're thankful. Well, gosh, of course they're going to say they're thankful. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What does that imply? Because who are you thanking? Right. And And that might be what's driving the percentage of the ones that are saying no. Yeah. Is this whole atheism is cool thing? Right. You know, well, what, who am I supposed to thank for this? I, that's, that's I'm what not they thankful. Did. I earned what I got. Right. Eighty-two yeah. percent of Christians said that they were thankful. Seventy-three percent of non-Christian faiths—that's Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu—said they were thankful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sixty-seven percent of unaffiliated people said that they were thankful. They just okay. don't know who they're thanking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who do you thank on right. Thanksgiving? Really, you you think? Well, I, I thank my boss, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, for giving me a job. Or, you know, I thank myself for yeah. working this hard to get myself where I'm from. Thanks, self. Pat myself <laughs> on the back, right? <laughs> or I'm thankful for my or thank my wife. That yeah. that kind of thing. But the uh, the thing I'm, I'm getting at here is the point. I don't even think Americans really understand what thankfulness truly means. I, I think that you're onto something there. And this is actually something that... And we're going to kind of mirror um, some of what we did at, at worship uh, this past week because um, we had 
several people get up and talk about what they were thankful for, and it worked out just like what we're doing. Right. Being thankful whenever there's plenty, being thankful when there's not, and you know, just kind of following that pattern. Sure. And um, and so Riley Neal, who's been on the show, right, actually talked about exactly what you're talking about is um, being what it means to be thankful. Do we even really understand what it means right. to be thankful? And um, having been to Haiti, I mean, especially recently, and 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 even more so going over to Lagunav, <clears throat> it's so drastically different from what anything that we right. can even, you know, uh, get our heads around from the standpoint of that's life, that's daily life for these people. Yeah. Uh, whenever we're over there, it's like, oh man, next week I get to go home. Yeah. But for them, that is home, and that's that's just part of, of living. And I don't know if, if, uh, if uh, King Philip is listening, but uh, he turned me on to a, a, an audio book that I'm listening to right now that is, so far I'm, I'm really jazzed about it. It's called Because We Are, A Story of Haiti. Huh. And it's, it's a fiction written by a, um, written by a lawyer who lived in Port-au-Prince and actually did some work in Cité Soleil, which is the greatest slum. Like, it's the, it's the place where I never take people. I mean, we, we don't go there. That's, gotcha. that's a, a really dangerous area. And, um, and so the story takes place uh, about, a, it's about a little girl who lives in that area. And she, in the story, she was born in Lagunov. So it's kind of huh. cool. I'm getting to hear all about all these things, and there's only one really, w- real way off the island, on and off the island. One boat that goes R- right, and it goes to the Anson Gale in the, right. in the, at the port. And so, when they're describing this in the book, I've been there. I know exactly what she's seeing. I know exactly what wow. the sights and sounds, the smells, everything that she's That's cool. experiencing. So anyway, the the thing that the reason why I bring it up is because in the story, the little girl. Her mom dies on Lagunov, and she doesn't, ha- she doesn't know who her dad is. She finds out after her mom dies that the local policeman is her father, huh. and she's illegitimate. And he's got illegitimate children all over the place. Wow. And so he basically shows up and says, I'm sending you to my sister over in Cité Soleil on the mainland. And mm. so... He ships her over there. Well, like I said, Cité Soleil is a slum. Right. <clears throat> but when she shows up, she is, like, amazed at it because there's houses everywhere. Right. And there are electrical lines in the air. And she's riding on the back of a motorcycle of her cousin who's taken her to her new home. And she says, electricity? You have electricity? Are you rich? And he's yeah. like, God, no, but we're better than some, you know, right? And and that sort of thing. But the the point there being is, wealth is all a matter of perspective. It really is. And it, you've you've been to the mainland there yeah. in Haiti and seen in the Port-au-Prince area some of the slummier areas. Would you ever like from coming from America? Would you look at those places and go? Wow, they're rich. No, I mean no. I mean it's it's. it's that's the that's the thing. You're right. It's it's all about perspective. For me, it's the first time I traveled to Haiti, 
and saw, for instance, just the trash lining the streets. Mm-hmm. It was, at first, I was taken back and disgusted. Right? Mm-hmm. And I remember riding in that bus, and then all I wanted to do was video all the trash. <laughs> and then video, right. you know, the, the people living in the dump. Right. That we go by. Exactly. Right. You know, and then, you know, you see the dump and then people selling their plant or their, their produce right beside the, mm-hmm. the refuse. And Which going, probably just came out of the dump. Right. <laughs> and I'm going, wow, I'm just so amazed at this, you know. And, <laughs> you know, coming back home and then thinking, Oh man, my house is so small with all the people in it, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine living in a house in Haiti like that? So, anyways, yeah, it, it really is. It's all about perspective, you know. Because I've then I've been to houses in America where I'm just like, <clears throat> how do they clean this? You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so it's big. a full time job. That's right. So right. it's amazing. And and you know the houses that we live in would be considered mansions. Right to a lot of the people that we have visited over there, and in our minds, we think, ah, oh, we're middle income, whatever. We, you know, in fact, even the people that are on, you know, quote unquote, fixed incomes, yeah. uh, social security, they're living on social security and that sort of thing. And in our society, because of how we view everything, they're considered low income, poor, the below the poverty level, right. all those types of things because they're making less than $20,000 a year right. or whatever and but they have no idea that they're still rich. That's right. <laughs> and and that's what's so mind-blowing. Yeah. Is that yeah, you have you have 3 square meals a day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that you're rich if if you're eating 3 square meals a day and you're making Ten grand a year or more, you're filthy rich in the world's eyes. And that's why I say, you know, when we think of Cards Against Humanity, a guy going, oh, that's funny, I'm going to blow five bucks on that just for a laugh. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking that five bucks would have fed that family for a day mm-hmm. in in Loganoff, right? Right. And you're going, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. how rich are we? Yeah. You know? Well, we found out that this on this trip, the families that we were giving food to, uh, we we did these little food kits and fed over a hundred families. Um, those families, we found out that was they eat once a week. Wow. They eat on Sundays. Wow. Now, can you imagine? It's like once a week. So yeah, we did our distribution on Saturday so that when Sunday rolled around, they would have. A feast. I get out of bed in the middle of the night because I forgot to feed my dog once a day, <laughs> and these families right, are eating once right. a week. That's amazing. So how yeah. do we deal with all this? And wealth? here's the thing, because we're called to be thankful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter if we're wealthy or if we have nothing, in all things, we're to be thankful. So I think it's harder for the wealthy to be thankful than it is for the poor to be thankful. Correct. Uh, in fact, if you look at the book of Job, which is where you're going to go, yeah, you see what's the whole reason that Satan, uh, Satan uh, asked for God to, you know, to take away Job's wealth in the first place is because Satan accuses Job of just being, quote unquote, thankful because he has everything. Yeah, he, he, like he right? he he only he only trusts you, God, because you've given him everything. Right. So it's just a show. But what's funny is in the first chapter of Job, 
And this is something Riley brought out Sunday. It was, I thought right. it was really insightful. In the first chapter of Job, when it introduces the man to us, um, it talks about his wealth. But it also talks about something else that I think we overlook sometimes. Let's read. Uh, I'm in the nilt today. Awesome. So let's read the first five verses of um, of of the book of Job. It says, "There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God, stayed away from evil. He had seven sons." And three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. And he also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Whoa, man. Job's. That's got a lot. Yes. Job's son, sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Wow. So let's think about how Job was acting and how his children were acting. Now, obviously... He was the richest guy around, which meant his kids were probably pretty well off. Yeah. And what were they what was his his kids doing? Partying and Partying, man. That's right. And it was like or, or you could say fellowshipping. <laughs> fellowshipping with a little bit of that wine. <laughs> and they would take turns going to each other's house and right. having just a really good time. Sure. Um, and I, I think Job was really concerned about his the hearts of his children. I think he saw what wealth was doing to them. Right. And so his his concern was I'm going to offer burnt offerings in their in their place uh, so that I can help maybe purify them as well yeah. uh, because he was afraid that they had cursed God in their hearts. So why is it that someone that would have all this wealth how would they curse God in their hearts? Why? Well, I think, um, and I think this goes to, if I could interject another story here, the rich young ruler, mm-hmm. for a second. So you have the story of the rich young ruler who runs up to Jesus. Man, we could do this with Lazarus on the rich man as well, which is interesting. But Okay, so the rich young ruler runs up to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life, right? Right. And Jesus gives him the list of commands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the rich young ruler says, all, all those I've kept from my youth, um, proudly, you know. And, and Jesus like, says, yeah, I, I've got all that. Not a problem. Right. And then Jesus Knocked says. all that out last week. Exactly. Jesus says one thing you lack and I, and I love Mark's take on this because looking at him verse 21 looking at him Jesus felt love for him mm-hmm. I love that little thing because Jesus really wants him to get this I yeah think. he yeah. doesn't it's not that he doesn't want him to get he really wants him to get this yeah looks at him in love and he says one thing you lack go and sell everything that you have give it to the poor you'll have treasure in heaven then come follow me and I think here's the problem here's the rub the rich man, the rich young ruler, lacks for nothing in mm-hmm. in phys- in the physical realm, right? So that he doesn't realize his spiritual depravity, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
it's one thing for us, you know, we can. I like the whole the whole idea of a there's a God shaped hole in your heart, right? Right, it, right, right, and uh, nothing's going to fill it except for for Christ, right? Correct. Um, which is I love that idea because it fits so well with this. But it's easy for the rich young ruler to take the bit of stuff and fit it into that God shaped hole. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then just ignore the fact that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Because he's so comfortable in, in what he has. Yes. And so, and I think that that's the same thing for Job's kids. They forget God, they forget where it comes from. Not only that, but they forget the fact that they are in need of him. So, thankfulness also equates to be uh, being willing to lose what you're thankful for. Right. Is that, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you willing? Because what did he ask the rich young ruler? Give, give it all up. Give it all up, yeah. So is that a version of thankfulness? Sure. Being willing to take what it is that you're supposedly thankful for, are you willing to part with it? Yeah, and I think part of that has to do with understanding that it's not yours to begin with, mm-hmm. right? Right. To realize that none of this is yours. It can be gone in a second. But the part of, the other part of that is to realize this isn't really what I need compared to God. Right. You right, know, priorities. Priority. It, yeah, it's about knowing what's important and what's not important. Exactly. So in order to be <clears throat> truly thankful, you really need to have an understanding of what you're thankful for, what's most important yeah. here. Well, and there's also all these trappings that come with wealth. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, and I keep coming back to, to the Haiti thing just simply because it's what I've known and experienced. But like, for example, I have a, um, a client of mine who was totally upset with the fact that I was running off to to Haiti. Uh, you're going to run off over there and get killed or something, and you're not going to be able to do what I need you to do. <laughs> right? So uh, so anyway, what where he was so coming true. from was those people are just looking for a handout. Right. You know, if, if they, you know, I got where I am by... Pulling myself up from my bootstraps and and working and 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 being a laborer and and you know if those people just worked, why well, they could get out of that mess. Yeah, and with the understanding, there's something to be said for working hard for what you earn, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is you are blessed. Number one, to even be born in a place where you can work where there's hard. opportunity. Yeah, to work hard for what you can right. Earn. And if it, you're not given an opportunity in the first place. You have no chance. You have no leg up. Somebody always has to give somebody else a leg up in yeah. order to be in wealth. Period. So, so what I what I was thinking whenever this guy's talking is I'm thinking your wealth has made you judgmental. How can you truly be thankful for what you have if all it's done for you is made you look down on people who don't have yeah. it? Right. So obviously you're not thankful for what you have. Because you feel like it was earned through your hard work. Entitlement. Regardless of the opportunities that fell into, maybe fell into his lap, that gave him the, I mean, sure, he he probably worked hard. I'm not going to take that away from him. But at the same time, one of the examples that I often use is, let's say you've got, you know, what is it, like the... a, a, a Ferrari, 
you know, yeah. like like an F series Ferrari or something like that. Okay. okay, this thing's got ten cylinders, twelve cylinders, whatever. I mean, sure. it's like top speed, two hundred miles an hour. But if you put that thing on an island that's a quarter mile around, <laughs> yeah. what, what good is it going to do? Right, nothing. It, it, it can't do any good sure. because uh, you can't. One, it's in sand. Right. Two, you have no stretch of road to actually. Excel on. Right. So it's a waste of a 10-cylinder engine. Right. And the point being, if you don't have opportunity, you don't have the resources, you don't have whatever, no matter how hard of a working engine you have, it does you no You're going to go nowhere. Yeah, that's right. right. That's good. And it, that's, uh, I think that's one of the major problems. You look at, again, the rich, uh, um, the rich man in Lazarus. Right, mm-hmm. this guy had a sense of entitlement so much that after he died, he still viewed Lazarus as a servant. Right, right. right. Hey, <laughs> send that guy over there, yeah, back <laughs> to get me a drink of water. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's the you know, but that's the mentality. He never did anything to earn anything in life. Right. So have him go fetch me some water. It's just amazing. So how do we keep? How do we keep faith uh, faithful and being thankful for what we have in, in such a rich world? And I think the first thing that we need to do is remind ourselves constantly of who we are uh, before Christ, mm-hmm. right? And if it weren't for Christ, period, we need to remind ourselves of our spiritual state. Right. You know, Haiti may be... Uh, a uh, physically poor country, but it's a spiritually rich country right now. Right, right. America may be a physically rich country right now, but it is extremely spiritually depraved. Right. And we need to understand. It's the same way. It's yeah. the same issues. Yeah. It's the it's 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 whenever freedom has given you mm. so much religious freedom right. that we now spend our times bickering and fighting <laughs> over theological issues instead of being thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ and and coming together in sure. that. Um, so, yeah, it's very much the same type of thing. I, and I think that kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with 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 with, with how you're you're thankful for things. So, right. I think the idea is to is to try and and think like Job did. Uh, Job had all this stuff, but it seemed like those things weren't his focus. Right. That's he, not where he was thinking. He wasn't thinking about the seven thousand sheep and the three thousand camels and the sure. five hundred teams of oxen. He he was thinking about his children's souls. I mean, yeah. he was concerned with other people. He was concerned with with God. And God consumed his mind. Amen. That's good. And so I think that, yeah, I think it's hard. I think that's why Jesus says that, you know, it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for, it's not impossible. It's, it's because uh, he says all things are possible with God. But the thing is, it's hard for a man to humble himself. It's hard for a man to, to understand and be thankful when he has so much. So much. That's true. So, so yeah, again, you, you pulled out the main thing, which is focus, I mm-hmm. think. When we focus on our spiritual needs and the reality that Christ has covered those spiritual needs, that leads us to uh, being thankful. And then... Um, well, so the flip side of that... Yeah, let's look at the flip side, the, which is... The flip side is 
being thankful whenever you have nothing or whenever you are in a dark place or right. I mean if people find themselves questioning God so there's like there's no happy medium it seems for a lot of people it's either I've got so much and yeah I'm so thankful but really not or you have nothing right and you are screaming at God why what have I done to deserve this <laughs> and uh and there's so many times in our lives whenever we're going through horrible patches, everyone's got problems, everyone's got uh, issues, and it seems like uh, the first thing we want to do then is is turn to God and either want to know, you know, the reasonings for it, or we want to um, demand, right? You know, to be to, to demand mercy. You know, one of the best, uh, <clears throat> if if I were to go biblically. Okay. One of the best uh, characters in, in the Bible that show thankfulness in the midst of nothing uh, is Paul. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, you read in Ephesians 5 where he's, he's, he's admonishing uh, the saints uh, in Ephesus. He says, uh, give thanks always for everything the Lord, uh, everything God and Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another our reverence for Christ. He's telling them to give thanks. And where is he right there in, in Ephesus? Or where is he in, in Ephesians? When he's writing yeah. Ephesians? Right. He's in jail, isn't he? I can't remember where he's writing from. He's in jail. Is that where he's writing from? Right. So you can think of Paul in jail writing give thanks to God. <laughs> right? And how amazing is that? That this man is sitting there, you know, he's lost everything. The guy has been shipwrecked, snake bit, uh, beat so many times, uh, you know, kicked out of towns, you know, mm-hmm. stoned, <laughs> stoned, yeah, all this stuff, and he's still saying, "Give thanks to God, give thanks to God." You know, you have Acts sixteen, which is uh, Paul and Silas in jail, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> in Philippi, right? And they. Uh, <laughs> they start to sing you know, <laughs> right. praises yeah, and, and yeah. songs to God. I mean, who wants to sing a praise song in the midst of being in jail? Yeah. You know? Uh, but Paul or, even, or even in the arena, being fed to lions. Oh, because yeah. we have, we have uh, writings that indicate that when Christians were being fed to the lions, they sure. were gathering up and singing hymns while it was happening. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's a different... Completely mindset whenever you're dealing with uh, abject, either poverty or abject um, um, destitute. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, Kevin, uh, my son, you know, spoke about some of his dark times and, and bad times that he's yeah, been through and and why he was thankful for them. And, and I thought it was very cool because one of the things he mentioned was, uh, you know, as he's mentioned on the show, he's gone through anxiety and depression for a long time and there was a time when he had you know suicidal thoughts and was uh at one point hospitalized for it and uh for a week and it was during that time he was there for a whole week well it wasn't quite a week man Um, but but he uh during that time he is one of the darkest times of his life and one of the most painful times of his life um and um, he, he, he says is you know, the worst week of his life. Right. Well, during that time um, was when you and I really first, I mean, we'd met before, I think, 
at a football game that I didn't really even know you. Yeah. So and I thought you were gonna, you know, think that I wasn't a Christian to begin with. <laughs> so why in the world talking? You're going to hell. I know exactly. So and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I show up at your door, right? Because I knew that you and Kevin had had some conversations, right? And um, and I asked if you would mind going and visiting him. Sure. In uh, yeah. the the hospital where he was because family couldn't right and but pastors and whatnot could yeah and so i wanted wanted you to kind of go minister to him a little bit (laughs) it's so funny whenever you know he went in there the the guy goes your your pastor's here and kevin goes i don't have a pastor (laughs) he's like wait is he kind of like a chubby guy with a beard (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's him all right sort of it yeah that was the the start of our friendship. Yeah. Which is so awesome, you know, and that's how God in the midst of that that darkest time put together you know, we wouldn't have theonauts. Right. And that was one of the things Kevin brought up. He right. was like, if I hadn't have spent a a week in hell, <laughs> then the theonauts wouldn't be around. Right. And and he kept thinking about things like that and and it just it never Seemed to you know uh, we we have this uh, this friend of ours who committed suicide and it yeah. was a horrible thing right. and uh, it, it just about killed Kevin because Kevin was so close to this kid sure and uh, you know and he looks back you know at at Brandon's funeral um, another mutual friend of ours came up and hugged Kevin and said I want you to promise me that you will never do this. I cannot go through this again. Hmm. And Kevin has now confessed that that promise is one of the only things that has kept him alive. Wow. It, when he is in his darkest places, that promise comes to mind and it, and it kept him from taking his own life. That's so good. So he's looking back on it now saying, I'm thankful, as ironic and horrible as this sounds. But I'm thankful that Brandon died, that Brandon committed suicide. Because if Brandon had not committed suicide, it was like he had to die in order for me to live. Yeah. This is because I'm pretty sure I would have taken my life had I not gone through that and seen what it did to people and, yeah. and made that promise. You know, there's so much, in, so much to be said for God's providence. Mm-hmm. In the midst of trials and tribulations, you look at you know some of the stories from Christian history that just blow me away. Um, the story of uh, Jim Elliot. Oh yes, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if any of you don't know that story, check out the movie The End of the Spear. It's a really good one. Yeah. Um, but that that story goes. You know, he had to die in order, and his and Nate St. Cloud and the others had to die in order for the gospel to spread to an entire new people group. Right. Um, and. It's just amazing. And then you look in Scripture and you see the story of uh, Joseph, mm-hmm. right? Joseph sold into slavery, right? Nothing good happens in that guy's life. Nothing. I mean, he goes, he's sold into slavery. He ends up being the leader in Potiphar's house. Then he's thrown in jail because his Potiphar's wife accuses him of evil, right? He's forgotten jail for a number of years, even after he has a guy promise him that he'd get him out. And then finally, finally, at the very end, you know, he, uh, the, the king, uh, 
lets him or Pharaoh lets him out and, and puts him in charge, right? right? And then his brothers come. <laughs> the very ones that sold him to slavery right. and told his dad he's dead. And what is Joseph says, don't be afraid uh, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. That's thankfulness, right? There. Yes, that is, because he's thankful at that point that he was sold into slavery. Right. You think yeah. about, wow, can we truly look back on the dark times of our lives at the, at the, the poorest parts of our lives and actually be thankful for those times? Yeah. It, it's at the time... You have no vision of the future. You have no idea of what's happening, what, how God's working in your life. Um, and there may be times where you just never figured it out. Yeah. But God is working in it. Yeah. And we just have to have faith in that. Exactly. And whenever he does reveal it to us, sometimes it's mind-blowing. It is. I mean, just like Kevin was saying Sunday. I mean, it was sure. like, he was like, man, I've just been really blown away by this the more I think about it. He was like... I want this out of my life. I want this anxiety gone. I don't want to, you know, I want to move on. He says, but the thing is, I wouldn't be able to help some of the people right. I've helped. Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be the Christian I am wow. had I not gone through all of this. Yeah. Um, so it's obvious, you know, that, that we need to be thankful in, in the tough times, knowing that, that they, they are the ones that, that God uses well, to, to work about. Amazing I, I want to look at, at Job again for a second, sure. because Job has experienced both worlds. Right, he has. And, and um, the thing is, in somewhere around chapter 10, 12, Job gets really upset at his, at his friends and basically says, look, guys, if I could just talk with God, we could straighten all this out, and you'd see that I'm a good guy, <laughs> and I didn't deserve this. Uh, right. A little prideful at the same time he was suffering from all this stuff, and God shows up, and he kind of wishes he hadn't asked for this. Right. Uh, God spends the next few chapters saying, sit down, shut up, I'm going to tell you who I am <laughs> and who you are. And we're Do you gonna... hold the Pleiades in your hands? And, right? and once again, what's this about? It's about perspective. Exactly. It's about seeing that wh- who you are yeah. and understanding where you are in the cosmic scheme. Right. And, and so... Uh, uh, at, at the end of all this, and Job tries to tell God, I got it. Okay, I got it. Right. God's like, no, you don't. Sit down. Shut up. <laughs> I've got some more to say. Right. <laughs> and it's almost like God's rambling at one point, you know, because in chapter 41, he's talking about the Leviathan. Sure. He's just like going on and on and on about how you can't hook this thing. Exactly. It, it breathes smoke and, and fire. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like almost the whole chapter is about that, that thing. The sure. water glistens in its way, making the sea look white. Nothing on its earth is its equal. I mean, he's just going on and on and on. And, uh, so when Job finally gets his chance to speak, um, I, I love what he says here because it's, it's humbling himself. He says, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, mm. things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said. I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. <laughs> I love this. Is, this is, is not only repentance. This is thankfulness. Yeah. You think Job was thankful that God showed up? 
and gave him this object lesson? I, I think so because right. because his response is, I've heard about you, I've heard things, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand. Right. This stuff is far too wonderful for me to understand. And uh, this is one that Kevin quotes this all the time. He loves to think about it in those terms. Sure. This pain is too wonderful for me to understand. Yeah. And uh, so, Amen. you know, whenever whenever we're in a dark place, we need to find a way to be thankful for it because there is something being, especially if we are Christians and, we're, and our hearts are to serve God, He's working in it sure to make sure that this that something is is serving him you know one of his best statements one of job's best statements the lord gives the lord takes away blessed be the name of the lord in the midst of all of it we're going to bless his name we're going to be thankful that's pretty interesting um you know most of what i've learned from being thankful i've learned from my dog (laughs) right right because buddy uh you know i am his world Mm-hmm. Simply because I put food in his bowl and water in his dish every right, day, right. and even if I didn't do that, I would be his world until he died from starvation. <laughs> because I'm his world, he right. greets me, and you know this whole idea of worship uh, is a great picture, uh, you know, for yeah. for a dog. Well, the word proskuneo, right. which is translated worship, means to come before and lick the hand. Yeah, lick the hand like a dog. Exactly. So it's very much yeah. the, the same concept. If we get if we get our place, the fact that, you know, we're so undeserving of what we have. Mm-hmm. But God is so loving in what the very fact that he gives us salvation, yeah. which is the thing we need. Right? And then the other stuff's just icing on the cake. Right, right. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. That's great. Anyways. So. All right. Well, you have some news? I think we've exhausted thankfulness. Yeah, let's talk about some news. All right. And now, the news. Um, Let's see. Oh, no, that wasn't the one I wanted. All right, I'll go over here, and then we'll go back. Um, A new report shows that uh, number of abortions in the U.S. continue to decline. Is that crazy? The number of women having abortions in the U.S. uh, continues to fall, according to a new government report released earlier in this week. Though the recent numbers aren't exactly quote-unquote new, they are from 2012. They do highlight a somewhat significant trend. The abortion rate in America has been falling for the last 25 years. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, roughly 699,000 abortions were performed that year. Um, though the number may sound high, it's actually a 4% drop from 2011. The abortion rate in 2012 was only half as high as it was in 1974, the year of Roe v. Wade uh, was decided. Data from the AP also suggests, um, Associated Press also suggests that, that since 2012, the number of abortions in the U.S. has continued to fall. So that's kind of some good news, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of amazed by that. What do you think? Um... I don't know. I mean, maybe (laughs) that one thing that I think is interesting is that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, people were still arguing whether or not it was murder. Right. I don't think people are really arguing that so much anymore. I mean, they realize it is. Right. The science is just almost irrefutable that the life is there. Right. And so that it is taking a life. Yeah. And I think that's registering with people. uh, And that may have something to do with it. I don't know if it's a moral, as much as a, 
of a moral decision as it is a conscience or a conscientious type of decision. Sure. Um, but you know, uh, and either it, way, it's an improvement. But it is crazy. I mean, some people are still on the fringes of that whole thing. Like uh, Bill Nye, I don't know if you heard his little rant about. Oh, Christian saying that, you know, life begins at conception is crazy. And, you know, he, he he's not a scientist. No, he has no leg to stand on. But anyways, <laughs> um, he's a kid show host. Right. That good news. And then here's some bad news. Three killed during a shooting uh, at a Planned Parenthood site this week. Did you hear about this? No. In Colorado. <laughs> Three people were killed this weekend during a shooting at Planned Parenthood facility in Colorado Springs. In what is being called an act of domestic terrorism, authorities are still trying to determine what provoked suspect Robert Lewis Deer uh, to open fire at the facility. But investigators told reporters that Deer mentioned baby parts and has said that the anti uh, has said that he is anti-abortion. The 57-year-old has a criminal record, but according to his ex-wife, who was interviewed in the New York Times, did not speak often about abortion. Um, this from the Times. He was generally conservative, but not obsessed with politics. He believed the abortion was wrong, but it was not something he spoke much about. Among the three victims, that included Care Student uh, Stewart and Jennifer Markowski, was a police officer who responded to the shooting, along with his career in law enforcement. Officer Garrett Swayze was a co-pastor at a local evangelist. Oh church. wow! Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a get off my side. Seriously, that's a that's a sad thing, and I, you know, I I think that this is actually on the decline though as well. Yeah. You know, in in the nineties, late nineties, you heard a lot about like the bombings right, and that right. kind of stuff, and that's really dwindled um, mm-hmm. uh, big time, which is a big thankfulness. But this guy was a nut job to begin with. He lived out. I was reading something else about in him. a van down by the river. Kind of. He lived quote unquote off the grid because he was afraid people were watching him and all this stuff. Oh, gotcha. So he just Some went. Of those guys. Yeah, he just went nuts and. Um, he really didn't have a side, but of course, right wing people are pointing at this and going, "See, see these Christian evangelicals that are, you know, yeah, uh, evil conservatives." Yeah, that's that's us. Yeah, that, that guy is is what we are. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, they never mentioned the uh, guy that the 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 homosexual man that walked into American Family Association. Did you hear about that? No. And, and shot up the place. That was like last year sometime. Mm. Uh, but they'll point at this guy. So. Yeah. Anyways, you know, it's just sad. I, I hate that that kind of stuff happens still. And that's not what we're called to do. We're called to love the people throughout everything that's going on. Yeah. So it's just, Well, taking a live is taking a live. That's right. That's the <laughs> so. truth. That's the truth. Um, here's a positive bit of news. A pizzeria closes for business on Thanksgiving, but opens to anyone in need of a free meal. Did you hear about that one? No. It's cool. Okay. A pizza shop in Ohio is technically, quote, closed for business, quote, today, but, and this is this was on Thanksgiving, I pulled it, yeah. but they still may get some visitors this Thanksgiving. This week, Bada Bing Pizzeria posted a sign on their door that read, we will be closed on Thanksgiving Day. However, we will be having a dinner around 2 p.m. with our family, employees, and friends. If you are hungry and you don't have any money, please come in. We will welcome you and make sure you get plenty to eat. After the news of the pizzeria plans were spread on Facebook, locals have volunteered to come out and help serve anyone who shows up. Wow. That I is, think that's so awesome. That is awesome. I think more companies need to do something like that. It's just... You know, it's, it's yeah, special. we're giving away Furbies. On- right. <laughs> no, and then uh, I have some uh, Pope news. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Come together 
<laughs> this one originally uh, came from Michael over at our our sister uh, show. Finding, Finding Christ, Christ in, in cinema. cinema, and uh, it's it's about Pope Francis. Pope Francis's emphasis on poverty re, uh, revises uh, the Pact of the Catacombs. I I read up on this, and I guess half a century ago, forty bishops made a pact above the catacombs in uh, um, during the Second Council in sixty five. Right? Okay. They made a pact uh, of it's called the Pact of the Catacombs above the catacombs of Dom, Domitia. I, I always say that wrong. I, I don't know how to say that actually. Um, and the pact was to take a vow of poverty. Okay. They were going to live as poor uh, uh, priests, basically. That okay. was their goal. Um, it was during the Cold War. All right. And so they they made this thing like this a huge thing. But Pope John Paul didn't want him. He down he downplayed it because he didn't want people to think that they were taking uh, a side on the Cold War about poverty. Uh, and if you can think okay. of what side that would be, that would be the communist side, right? Correct. He didn't want they Correct. didn't he didn't want the them going. Oh, the Catholic Church is communist, but <laughs> with this, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, there's one living uh, um, priest from that era still, uh, Montezur Luigi Bazzati or whatever. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, big word. Who's 92 years old? Anyways, he's really excited about this new pope because he says it. Um, he's really emphasizing this idea of the vow of poverty. Uh, as you know, the pope doesn't live in the um, in the papal uh, palace. He lives in a apartment off the side of right. uh, the basilica. So he's like. Not really. He's 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 the poor pope. He's the chill pope. He's the pope of the yeah. poor people, right? And uh, he's really focusing on all that. And so uh, Montezur Benedazzi said that his fellow bishops planted a seed that is now bearing fruit. The pact of the catacombs today is Pope Francis. Wow. So it's pretty interesting, you know. <clears throat> say what you will about the pope, but he's really for po- poor people. Um, he's been focusing on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since his papacy, which is pretty awesome. So he's doing a lot of good stuff for, for the poor. Um, in fact, he told a Central African youth to be like a banana <laughs> this last week. <laughs> I try I try my hardest to be like a banana. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. During the meeting with the youth of Central African Republic, Pope Francis gave spontaneous comments in response to a young local who asked about the, asked the Holy Father's advice about living in a war-torn country. Basically, the Pope referred to their flag, which had a banana tree on it, and he said, the banana tree plant is very resistant. I think that that tells us very clearly the way that's supposed to uh, the way that's proposed to us during the difficult time of war, the way of resistance. Dear friends, some of you want to go away, some of you want to leave, but escaping from the challenge that life uh, presents is never resolution. We need to resist. We need to have courage to resist, to fight so that the good can come. Uh, the, those that flee that do not have the courage to give, in, give life, we need to be like a banana. Resilient. <laughs> okay. Whatever that means. I didn't know bananas were that resilient. <laughs> I didn't either, but I guess banana trees are pretty resilient. So gotcha. banana is the fruit of resilience. Mm. That's great. All right. And then my favorite one. Uh, I don't know if you've been reading the hashtag uh, Pope Bars tweet. 
tweet something going on. No. So there's a viral uh, hashtag that's been going on Twitter uh-huh. in the past uh, couple days. It's called the hashtag Pope Bars. It, they took this picture of the Pope holding a microphone to his yeah. lips, yeah. and he has his hand kind of like in a DJ motion, you know? <laughs> and so they have this picture, they've been retweeting it, and then putting like papal lines, like what he would rap underneath it. It's like... <laughs> It's great. Like, here's one from, uh, I can't even say his name, but this is his rep. Yeah, I sampled your sermon. You were doing it wrong. You made a hot prayer. I made it a hot psalm. (laughs) Here we go. Walk a road of great length. You find too long to measure my uh, prelates make me rhyme like D Banner under pressure. I don't know. I'm a wow. pontiff over the people. I stand up with the meek. I cut the head off the devil. Then I turn the other cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I'm just trying to pray it through. Heard of the devil making threats. Tell him come and do it. <laughs> Whatever. Wow. So this is a great picture. You got to go online. Check, I'll that, check out. that out. Yeah. So uh, that's that's all I got today. Just some Pope news and oh, some awesome. great stuff. So, we do have some voicemail. Yeah. Check it. Hello, CNOps. This is Ron calling. I just want to tell you what a great job you're doing and uh, really enjoyed your Types and Shadows podcast. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, all along, the Lord's given us uh, Types and Shadows of Himself, and, and they just pop up everywhere from nature to, to uh, like finding Christ in cinema. I mean, it, it just seems to, <laughs> to exude from everything we do. You know, we can, uh, even unbelievers, uh, annoyingly, are doing things that uh, that uh, glorify God and, and, and will provide a witness somehow That's great. Uh, to either his creative creative gen- genius that he puts in us all or uh, just uh, outright uh, uh, praise to him for uh, the, the good things he gives. Amen. So I just want to tell you, thanks for all you're doing, and I uh, really enjoyed your show. Just keep it up, and I uh, hope you... Uh, uh, resting a little bit after your uh, work down in uh, Haiti, and uh, praise God for all that you guys do. Talk to you later. Uh, awesome. So, what do, what do you think, man? Uh, he's absolutely right. Types and shadows all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. You know, you can use anything in nature, I believe, to point to Christ. Right. I really do. And bananas. So, bananas. There you go. <laughs> Good job, Pope. And uh, and I think that uh, you know. The Old Testament is full of that, so mm-hmm. I look forward to doing more of that stuff. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, well, and like he was talking about, that's what, you know, everybody's over at Finding Christ in Cinema. That's what, I mean, they're pulling oh, yeah, the story so of true. Jesus out of, out of out of stories you wouldn't think Jesus is in. Stanley you know? Kubrick. So, <laughs> right, right. That's good. Hey, this is Ron again. I just wanted to call that's... and tell you thanks again for uh, the thought-provoking uh uh, messages that you all, you guys always have, and uh, just as uh, just as you added the new Doctor Who uh, sound effect as your as your closing thing, you know it goes right in with your uh, with your types and shadows because you'll remember the the words bad wolf kept showing up everywhere for a reason, and so it was woven into so many uh, episodes of Doctor Who. And so I thought, well, that that was that was pretty insightful for you guys to throw that on the uh, closing uh, closing outro. So uh, you guys have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving, and uh, 
Maybe I'll call you again in a few minutes. <laughs> Bad Wolf. Yeah. So, oh, what so, was that in reference to in the end? Do you remember? Yeah, it was um, the companion, the Doctor Who companion. That's right. Uh, Rose Tyler. She she ended up being uh, Bad Wolf. The Bad Wolf. But it, it ties into the whole end of the world uh, scenario that happened in one of the Christmas specials. Right. So anyway, what was kind of cool is, like he was saying, it, it is they used that all throughout uh, an like, entire like, season. No, right? it's more than that. It's, oh, really? it's like like three seasons worth of this Bad Wolf reference. Really? Just popping up in graffiti or, I mean, sometimes it was very subtle, sometimes it was very obvious, wow. and it all kind of came together you know, huh. at, at one point in the show. Wow. So, uh, yeah, awesome. Ron, that was completely unintentional. <laughs> but brilliant. Really. But, yeah, thanks for uh, for picking up on that. So, <laughs> All right. Well, hey, do you want to try and do a little trivia? Sure. We got time. Yeah. Theo Trivia. Oh man, I got like a Charlie horse or Are something. Are you all right? Yeah. All right, you need to stand up for this. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. It's like I, my hamstring. I, all right, I think crazy. I'm still on Old Testament, aren't I? Yes. I haven't passed the uh, first. And I think I only question. got one right last time. That's right. So I'm on history and geography. All righty, here we go. What? What is your favorite color? <laughs> Yellow. No, blue. Ah. <laughs> oh no, okay. What archaeological discovery identified ten long lived pre flood kings? I mean, obviously, this is not in the Bible. No, but it's I, not. I am going to say. The Scroll of Cyrus. No. Ah. The Weld Prism. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> either. The Weld I think this is like prism. the doctorate version of, uh, <laughs> of the questions. Oh, okay. goodness. Well, right. I deserved one of those. <laughs> there you go. Okay, you ready? Yes. <clears throat> Old Testament. Bring it. Who ate grass like cattle? <laughs> King Nebi. <laughs> yes. Awesome. King Nebuchadnezzar. Sweet. Okay. All right, let's try history and geography again. Oh, yeah, let's try. In what city was Paul mistaken for the Greek god Mercury? Okay, that was the one right before Derby. Hang on one second. Um, um, Is it Iconium? Oh, man. No, Lystra. Lystra, yeah. Oh, man, because that's where... It all went down, right? And and they fled there. The Jews chased them, and they ended up in Derby. And right. Paul got stoned. Yeah, that that's from Acts fourteen, 
So Okay, you got a chance to pass me up. You ready? <sighs> yeah, let's do it. In what town? Oh, come on. In what town did Jesus perform his first miracle? I think this might be a trick question. I mean, his first miracle was turning water into wine, and it was, I'm going to say in Nazareth. No? Cana. Oh, was the, it Cana? The, the wedding at Cana. The wedding at Cana, that's right. Uh, I, I kept, I was thinking, okay, so it'd be where his parents lived. Right. No. So we're tied up. Oh, Cana. Not Canaan. Can- Cana. Cana. Yeah, Cana. So. Dad gummit. I can't believe I missed that. Okay. Oh, before we check out this time. Yes. The the prayer site. The anonymous. Yes. We're hoping that we we're hoping that we can we can get some more prayer requests on here because Traffic. we want to we want to bring them onto the show. Right. And we want to be able to pray for you guys again on on the show. However, a lot of we're just not getting a lot of Feedback. prayer requests. That's right. So I know there are things you are in need of. I know there are things that uh, that you are suffering through that you need to confess. <laughs> we <laughs> so, know who you are. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, you got that. You, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're, you're clicking on that site. You know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's right. Just come forward. <laughs> Admit yes. it. Let's stand and sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, why not tonight? Why not tonight? <laughs> That's great. So anyway, the site is is here for you guys. I yes. mean, we we want this to be a service, right? Um, and so I know that it's out of sight, out of mind. We've been real busy. We've been going to other places and and that sort of thing. So we haven't talked about it too awfully much. But uh, if you're just tuning in and not even know what we're talking about, we do have a tool that we have put together uh, to kind of get us to confess one to another right. and to pray for one another, it can be completely anonymous. Right. Like, and, or it could be partially anonymous. I mean, you could make up a name, whatever. So the, the whole catch of it is you go to this website. It's prayer.theonautspodcast.com. Uh, and on that site, you can submit a prayer request. You don't have to... Uh, sign up or anything like that. You can just, you know, one off, right. put it on there. And now, if you put on, if you put a um, an email address in there, um, you will get notified when people pray for you. You can also use that link that comes in the email to go back and do a praise report, like right. when the prayer is answered or whatever. You can go back and let everybody know, hey, the prayer was answered. God's great, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and you can also sign up for our uh, weekly, our Thursday uh, Theo Thursdays yes. uh, newsletter to uh, to be able to to do basically what we're calling it Theo Thursdays, which is to pray, um, to spend time in prayer for for the request, and if you want uh, to fast from uh, six a.m. to six p.m., we're asking for a day fast right. on Thursdays. So, and we've actually got a, a you know. I think like 12 people signed up currently to be prayer warriors for you. So, um, 
And so if you want to sign up for that, you want to you want to pray for for people on the site. Uh, we'll be sending out that newsletter every every Thursday. Yes. And so uh, you can um, you can take place in that, take part in that, and you can also do the praise reports uh, whenever prayers are answered. Right. That's so good. Go do it. Go sign yes. up. Go pray and go submit a request. Yes. Let's do it. So the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more or to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com. Once there, you can subscribe to the newsletter and stay up to date on all the latest from our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and leave us feedback. Leave us feedback. Sorry, Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. Don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah, I'm very thankful you're here. I'm thankful for you too, Dave. All right, God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission Transmission. Where anyone else would quit, and you're not going to stop there.